podcast. This is your host, Christopher Gardner. Thank you for stopping in this week to listen to our interview with Cal Washington. Cal Washington has been a personal hero of mine for the last seven years. Um, I got turned on to the law, the, with the law with the big L, uh, in 2014. And uh, I really started to pursue it in earnest in 2015. And Cal's story um, I came across in 2017, I believe. And it really struck a chord with me. Um, when I first started getting into contract law, I was astounded by how conscious of a process it is. And by conscious, I mean, it's where the rubber meets the road. It's where all aspects of our being are included in um, this thing that we call life. And it, it, it was incredibly uh, revealing to show me all the different ways my thoughts work, all the ways uh, my relationships work, where I had been permeable where where I was actually taught to be permeable. It really actually in in full earnestness showed me a lot of the agendas that were out there and how they have everybody moving in the exact opposite direction of contract law. And this uh, became a real wonderful philosophical point that my wife and I explored and to this day, um, she's kicking ass and taking names in this in this regard so enjoy this with cal washington he's the i think he's one of the founding members of the empower movement they have just released their notice of liability for i think it's vaccinations smart meters chemtrails all these weapons that have been essentially deployed against us through commerce um their NOL is out. So it's one of these things where you can go on their website, you can fill it out. Uh, it'll be specific to your area and they, they take you through the whole process. I, I've, um, I've been aware of the Empower Movement for quite a while and they really, they, they're really moving in the right direction. They're putting the liability, on, they're, they're reversing the liability. They're putting it back on the person that made you the offer to begin with. So this is a wonderful process to go through as, as a being that wants to be uh, as responsible as possible. And I hope you enjoy the podcast. I'll see you on the flip side. Welcome, Cal Washington, the man, not the myth or the legend, just a man in good standing. Yeah. Well, well, welcome to the BioCharisma podcast. Oh, thanks. I'm happy to be here, Chris. I'm I'm happy to have you here. Um, I just wanted to bring you on because I came across your work from a, from the spiritual side of things. I had little hints of the law here and there. There were a couple of creditors that I had met in my life that I didn't know were creditors until looking back at the experiences. And um, they made these subtle little hints to me that I should look into contract law. And then very shortly after looking into contract law, this is 2015, I uh, came across your work. 
And what was so invigorating for me was you talked about the spiritual side of things. You talked about the what I deem like the hierarchical aspect of the subtle realms that kind of play with the material realms. Yeah. And it just spoke to my heart. And I was just so happy to hear somebody actually bring the spirit into the law because that's what I had felt innately. That was like internally, because I had lived in ashrams. I had, you know, dabbled in Eastern thought and Western philosophy. Like, you know, I, I was going for it on the truth brigade. But when I came across contract law, I was like, this is the most conscious process I've ever come across. There's like literally nothing I've ever looked at that's more consciousness invoking, at least from me, from my perspective, than getting into contract law. And so your story is just magnificent. I, I know I'm jumping the gun. I have a tendency to do that. But if you wouldn't mind sharing with my audience what actually brought you to the law and what kind of what what forged your way from with this spiritual perspective that you have. Well, it started with the divorce. I was just a normal um, guy, you know, working mortgage, kids, going to church, uh, played drums, um, played sports, you know, just an average guy. And then I went through a divorce and that's where um, my what I thought the court was from TV or from whatever I, you know, I'd done a couple of traffic things in court you know i'd been in there a couple of times but this was the first time i was really immersed in it where they were making me come and you know i'm being you know it was very oppressive it wasn't what i thought it was and um based on tv or whatever i got wherever i got the idea from there was something else going on in there and it was evident mm-hmm. uh, i couldn't put my finger on it but i could feel there was this under underlying uh, agenda going on um and it was it was searching for that 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 I kind of hit the nerve and um so I mean there was a long it's a long story but um I tried all the kinds of different avenues of trying to get free and uh like free money on the land and you know the the name game and this mm-hmm. birth certificate I found all learned all that stuff but it had limited success mostly not really working and so i spent a lot of time you know arrested or you know overnight in jail and Mm -hmm. just a very oppressive uh situation and then i came across commerce and that's when it changed everything changed Mm -hmm. and it was based on contracts and mostly around money i mean that's that's the world system but when you look at um, when you look at it from a spiritual perspective, because I had some Bible knowledge, so there was correlations between what I was learning in commerce and what I, the same principles were in the in the biblical um, uh, story or uh, traditions. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was coincidence at first, but then it became like, no, no, this is there. One is mirroring the other. Like this, th- these are the same thing. They're just they're same side, like two sides of a different of the same coin kind of thing. And um, it was that putting that together that I started to figure out there's, you know, everything's based on contract. In the Bible, they're called covenants. 
-hmm. So uh, like God enters into these, the creator enters into these covenants and um, knowingly, like he, he knowingly does that. So if you can understand commerce, you can understand these spiritual covenants as well, because they, they operate in the same fashion and um, with the same principles in, in commerce, in ancient commerce. And so that was how I, you know, came to know how, like, put these things together. It was just a lot of trial and error, a lot of banging my head against the wall and making mistakes and bumping into stuff. And, um, mm -hmm. and then doors would open at the right time. And then I would learn something new and then, you know, struggle through that. And then another door would open. So it was just this path that I was going down and I wasn't, it wasn't laid out for me ahead of time. It was more, I just kept going and mm -hmm. looking back, I could see there was a, there was the path. So, mm -hmm. yeah. You, you used a very specific, you said God entered knowingly. And that's a big thing with contracts. It's like my wife and I have these incredible philosophical discussions around justice, you know, justice and injustice. <laughs> and there's this, there's this thing with contracts that you have to know the terms. Both parties mm -hmm. have to know. Yeah, it seems like the world system that we've been entered into as little babes, you know, our parents unknowingly get us, you know, social security numbers and all the rest of it. And so we are now entered in, or at least our straw man is entered into all these things unknowingly. So therefore the contract, what, what's the, what's the legal or lawful way of saying a contract that the, there's an unknowing party? Um, well, if you, if you don't have full disclosure or if there's any fraud on a contract, then the contract is null and void ab initio. So from the beginning, mm -hmm. so you can go back in time. Time is, uh, is a bit of an abstraction. Um, time and space are definitely tied together. The one cannot exist without the other. Right. And so you can go back in time. You can go forward in time, uh, and in space, uh, and correct these things. And mm -hmm. we've, a lot of these, a lot of the so-called battles that we've had spiritual battles, time like they time jump all the time right. and they 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 try and go back and change something so that you get a different result in the present and um so there's all that going on but there's still these overlying contracts that can't be you can't get around they can't get around them if you mm -hmm. once you once you get to that level they're they're done like you, you sorry you can't get around it it's 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 too fixed right yeah so we have this this contract. Let's just let's just for example use our birth certificate. And that certificate is is it a contract or is it just a security? The con the contract starts with the record of live birth. So your your parents mm -hmm. um hand you over to the government for lack of a better word or or you can look at it they they abandon you so you're now lost at sea and you're salvage. Right. Yeah. Or they also have the system um, like around the Black Plague when there was a lot of orphans, they would put them into to um, working home, working houses or, or camps or and that. And that was so that they could work to earn their keep. But at a certain point, they were allowed to go free if they understood that they could and they just wouldn't teach them, you know. Mm -hmm. So there's that aspect of how they're doing things as well. So it's kind of 
you, you're considered an orphan and they and they're now looking after you or you're you've um abandoned them and, and they're they salvaged you mm -hmm. well so so much of like the popular culture movies is are about orphans like all of disney is like orphan 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 and so that makes sense that the state would see us that way yeah so what are technically the parents in this in this orphanized realm like they are, they become the guardians of the of the child even though they're the parents that you know it's like if you're going to put your your orphan with who would be the best two people to put the orphan with is the parents of the so that's what they do it's mm -hmm. kind of like that so you wouldn't know the difference because you're still parenting but you're actually more of a guardian mm-hmm and um, they own the they they have legal title to the to the child that mm -hmm. through the name yeah, but legal title as I'm finding out with property rights because I'm learning all about property rights and the actually having title relative to actually owning the property they're not the same thing, <laughs> so it's that you know little Texas two step that we find at every corner, yeah. um, but so because also I my parents had gotten divorced and I remember all the battles about who would have legal, legal guardianship. They never used parents. Like there was never the term mother or father. No, no. Well, they, they'll use, they'll use it slightly, but yeah. Um, but it's more, yeah. Who's, who's going to have um, guardianship and um, what's the other one? I can't remember off the top mm -hmm. of my head, but there's, there's two, two aspects of it. So, um, yeah. And that's what the battle is about. And then one parent usually pays and that's what they try to get to happen. Right. They don't, they don't like these 50, 50 splits cause there's no money exchanged. Mm -hmm. And, and I tried to figure out once I figured out, you know, commerce, then I figured out what was going on in divorce court. Mm-hmm. And the order, the child support order, is a bill of exchange. So it's securitized then, eh? It's securitized, and it is money oh. by definition. So that's what they're that that's what I was seeing. Like you, you're not even paying attention to anybody speaking. It's like you want to get through this because you mm -hmm. need to get to something else, and I could just feel it. And mm -hmm. that's what it was. And once once I figured that out, the order itself, by definition, because it has, um. Uh, a name, you know, usually father owes mother mm -hmm. X amount of dollars and a date and a signature. The judge signs it. Mm -hmm. So once you have the, those four aspects, it's considered money. Mm -hmm. And guess who keeps the original? The judge? The court, yeah. Yeah. So the court is actually, all courts are there to to create securities, correct? That's mm -hmm. like their That's their main purpose. That's all they do. And so who en ends up who ends up getting those securities? Like where do those securities circulate? Like cuz none of us were told any of this. <laughs> none oh. of us none of us none of us laymen were ever told this. So no. no. So the the best I can figure out because you can't I can't prove anything, but I did get a high ranking he wasn't really a politician, he was running he was the head of the uh child support area. Mm -hmm. He told me that uh, a company called uh, Themis was running all mm -hmm. of the 
child support things throughout North America. So it made sense that they are somehow buying these things and uh, negotiating them and then had the power to go and, and collect um, off the off the dads, the you know, so-called deadbeat dads. Because mm -hmm. no matter what, from their perspective, from like the powers and principalities perspective, we're looked at as collateral. Yes. Okay. So the... I always ask the question collateral to who, <laughs> like if there's all this debt, you know, like everybody, every country's in debt. I always laugh when I hear the whole debt thing. Cause I'm like, what country isn't in debt? So usually if there's a debtor and a creditor, well, who, who is the debt to? I mean, that's the big question. You know, I always used to love the Dave Chappelle skit back when he had his show in like 2003, 2004, cause he was like black President Bush, and he was just like, he's like, oh, UN, you ain't got no guns. What are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> it was just so funny because he was like, you have no way to enforce whatever it is you're enforcing. We're, we're the ones with the weapons, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's satirized, obviously, but it's kind of like I had that question internally also. I'm like, okay, if, if the United States is $31 trillion in debt, who is the U.S. Where does that Where does that money go? Who's Who's collecting on that debt? And that I'm going to ask you that. <laughs> what? Well, it, it's it's multi leveled. So here's the thing: debt and the word sin, right, are the same word. Exactly. Exactly. So it's like that's where you you know that's where the, the there's this big crossover in debt and sin. So, like, you know, Yeshua came and died for our sins. And he died for our debts. Mm -hmm. So you can you can put the word in anywhere and it fits and it works. And that's right. how that's that's the correlation you you have to understand. So uh, at a at a human like at a three D level, all the debt, the money debt, is owed to the banking families. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that. There are these beings who who bred in a long time ago, around the time of Noah, mm -hmm. and and the banking families are the offspring of that breeding in. So that's that's where that's. And then yeah. And then you get then you get into those other beings. Uh, you can call them aliens, or you can call them whatever you want. Doesn't matter. The Nephilim. Nephilim, yeah. And then there is uh, Lucifer. Right. So that's what that's. That's the you know the so-called mm -hmm. eye. The uh, I'll see now. The eye of Sauron is yeah. Lucifer. Yeah. yeah, that makes total sense to me. Um, I end up talking to many people. Like I'm the outlier in the in my group of peers, and so easing them into the waters of what fractional reserve banking is and debt and all these things. Like a lot of people now are seeing these like numbers that are just could never be repaid no. like the there the it's it's an impossibility and so when i when i try in in the best way i can describe to them that this is actually just leverage against time this is this is work like this is an exchange for work that's what it is because as i understand the the way um money is valued because money isn't 
I know money isn't like a securitized debt. Like we can get into all the the different layers and stratifications of how how you call a currency. A currency is one thing. You have your storage of wealth. You have you have money as you know all different denominations of money that there are. But when I boil it down in my in my head, I'm like, what commodity is worth the most? And like, why would we incarnate here? in this plane of existence. And we incarnate to have time, to have time and space <laughs> to, to, do, to do the things that we need to do. And whatever the actual hierarchy is that is above us and at the very top, the, the creator actually looking and seeing which, which side did we choose essentially. <laughs> it, it really comes down to that. It, actually what there is, in the bible account is there's a claim right lucifer claims to be god that's yes. and that claim has to be adjudicated and it's being adjudicated in this time space continuum and we are the the pawns the the prosecutor the judge like we're, we're every part of that settling that claim so is that this plane of existence yeah. this this is the courtroom that's right this is the venue this is the courtroom. This it's I I can't tell you what uh just what an absolute joy that is to hear that. It it's like it's so obvious on so many levels. On so many levels. And I mean, I've I've gone I've gone all the way into Eastern thought. I lived in a Vedanta Advaita ashram where it was like non-duality, monism. And I got to the end of it and there's literally no point. There's no point in it. Everything circular reasoning and everything self-referential, like no. literally it's self-inquiry. It's just self-referential. There's no exterior, there, there's nothing that you can end up pushing up against. So you end up just spinning, spinning out. Or, or staying, staying calm and um in one single point in time space all that uh, yeah I, I i get i know exactly what you're talking about i've been there so right yeah well there is a calmness like when you can be in jurisdiction with your creator you are in that calm center like you are in that yes. like shishumnik line but i'm saying in everyday life when when you're pretending <laughs> I'll, I'll put it in first person when i was pretending <laughs> to actually always be in this self-referential loop, which is what they teach in Vedanta Advaita, there's like zero point to existence. And you see very, very deplorable behavior that occurs in that. And it's completely whitewashed by the notion of karma. Like, oh, this person is getting this because of this, this person is getting, no. So in my chronology, when I was coming out of that, and then I was reintroduced to, um, Christianity through Christian mystics, they were really helping me like let go of this monism that I was like so entrenched in. And then coming across your work where there was just this beautiful, succinct way of actually what mirrored, I think I was reading an extra conical text, Second Edras, where I forget which archangel is talking, but he's like, Yeah, you're you're literally here this 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 whole thing that's going on is for you to choose 
you know, yeah. it, it's just that simple. It's like you either choose mammon, the world, you know, the lo the lower principalities, the the false light, or you choose thy creator, thy will. Right. And it's that simple. And ever since I really had taken that into my heart, like really absorbed that, I have to say my life has gotten better, <laughs> like every aspect. And that's when I started coming across contract law and coming across all these other things that were like, like you said in the beginning of the interview, God knowingly entered into a covenant. That's the key is knowingly. Like you have to know that every second of your existence, you are entering into some sort of agreement. Yeah, the, the whole time you're here, you're in an agreement. Right. The whole, yeah. So I want to, if you don't mind, I my personal my personal desire is to know more of the spiritual side. I always feel like if you know the spiritual side, that's like yeah. the that's the most macro. All the other stuff fall falls in. It's all, it, it works that in that direction. So um, at least it works in both directions, but it, it, there's still the overlying absolute truth. Mm -hmm. And and a lot of people say there is no truth. No, there is. There it, is you know, a truth. Yeah, yeah, there is. And so it's that, if you can get close to that or operate from that perspective, then it, it it's generally down. So if you want, you know, as far as, shouldn't say down because it's not down or up or down but you know it's from from there to in in and um into into this denser thing so it's like as above so below mm -hmm. or um thy kingdom come thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven so it's mm -hmm. and it's in earth not, not on, on earth, earth. <laughs> mm -hmm. in earth. yeah yeah so, so you just made that distinction. You can't let that distinction go. Let, let, let's let's get clear. Yeah. So the, okay. So the the whole thing of the you know the singularity that's a truth, but once like I was I experienced that to where there was nothing, and there was everything. Mm -hmm. I was separate from God, but I was one with God. Mm -hmm. if I went any further, I would not be able to come back to, to this reality. Like I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to exist. Exactly. So I, I went as far as you can go. And so I kind of get it. I, I don't fully get it, but I, I kind of get it. It's more of a decision. The singularity wanted to uh, experience himself or have something that was not him, even though that's technically not possible. Right. But because he can do whatever he wants, that's what he decided to do. So it's just mm -hmm. literally a decision. Mm -hmm. And I could have decided to go further and not come back, or I could I could choose to come back. And so I chose to come back. Would you mind can you would you mind telling like the window in your human life of when that was occurring, like when that decision point was happening? Um, it was through like a meditation and um and it only ha I only got that far once. I've been like I've been uh, you know different spaces, and a lot of it I still don't understand. But that one place, it, it was uh, there was no sense of body, there was no sense of anything. It was more like a field that was kind of 
shimmery, mm -hmm. not really lit, not really dark, not, there was no color. There was nothing. It was more like the substrate of the, of what we would call 3D or the creation, as far as I could tell, but I really don't know. Mm -hmm. I felt absolute peace mm -hmm. beyond you can, I can't even explain how peaceful it was. I had no anxiety because normally I'd be, I'd feel anxious in a place where I couldn't feel my body or uh, like, I'm not, I'm not good with confined spaces. I'm not, I'm not good with that. You know, there's nothing like that. You know, there's no bottom, there's no top, you know, you're just in nothingness. Normally I would feel a little bit of anxiety around that, nothing. And mm -hmm. um, it was, I could stay, I could have stayed there forever in that spot with only and the only thing i have is my own thoughts i and, and there was nothing nothing to look at nothing to experience i could have stayed there yeah that's the but, peace that passeth all understanding, understanding. <laughs> it's that and I, and so but i chose to go down a level because there was something to experience and that so i get i i kind of get it what like why god did this mm -hmm. so that said um, from what I can understand is, um, there has to be this free will idea. Otherwise it doesn't really work. Right. Well, free will with, um, with beings that are not, you know, quote unquote, not God, even though they are, um, has the potential for one of those beings to decide to be not God, as far as not as far away from not God as you can possibly get. Mm -hmm. that's what happened right and not that's even right. not even it's not even just choosing not to be god it's choosing to say i am superior then yes yes yeah so that that's what happened and somehow a third of the beings at the time uh, went along with this mm -hmm. and there was a for lack of a better word a coup uh, it instantly got shut down because you can't overthrow god in that fashion and um looks to me like they were ca they were cast down into earth so that's mm -hmm. a uh it's like a prison right they can't get out and uh, except for court mm -hmm. and that's shown in the book of job there's a court and he he comes out for that and then he has to go back in mm -hmm. and he walks back and forth in it you know so he's stuck there and so and then when you see job there he so lucifer is there on his own case so he's brought forth on his own case mm -hmm. but the whole subject matter is job mm. it's never brought up about who is god it's brought up job what is he gonna choose if you let me take his stuff he will curse you to your face so you see that there's there's the the mm -hmm. mechanism of what's happening here it's not about God judging uh, Lucifer directly or even talking about the actual, you know, the claim. It's more, we're talking about Job and what's he going to do? A man. And mm -hmm. that's, that's the key to the, to this. We are in here to decide that, settle that case. And God took a big risk in doing so. Mm. He endowed us with all his like limited attributes, but our attributes are, are in, uh, his attributes are were given to man. We have dominion over this, the the three jurisdictions, land, sea, and air inside mm -hmm. this thing. And then we then there was a fall. Duality came in, and 
So the whole thing, the whole exercise is to settle that ancient claim. And like you said, once you see that, you can, everything else fits. It does. And, it, and then you can get a picture of, okay, this, I'm, I'm getting close to the, you know, actual, you know, overlying truth. I think there's a higher truth, but as far as what we have to understand in here, you have to get that. Otherwise you, you, you're, you're just going to be spinning around and banging into stuff, mm -hmm. which I did. Oops. <laughs> so I've been to many Christian churches, all different denominations and a few that I was like really intent when I was in college, I was born again, Christian. I went to church every Wednesday and Saturday. I was like in it and I read the Bible front to back because I wanted to know the word of God. And I was very confused by it. You know, my consciousness at the time, I saw lots of contradictions, especially between the old and the new Testament. Um, a lot of things didn't make sense to me. A lot of Saul, Paul's things. I was like, you know, these kind of contradict what Jesus says. And I just had problems with it. That's kind of what moved me towards Eastern thought because the church I was involved with that two of the churches I was involved with them, they didn't like me asking so many questions. So I think it would really help if in Christian churches, they would actually talk about this adjudication. They would actually go into the truth of the matter of, of what's happening. And I know it's a consciousness thing. I know it's a choice thing. You only come to the information that you can handle. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I've lived enough life to understand that now. You, you know, God is very gentle in that way. It's like, okay, I'm going to give you what you can handle. I'm going to give you what you can handle. But have you ever been in a church where they ever talked about this in this way? No. And I think there's a reason um, we, we're, we're not supposed to know. Ah, that was one of the, the one of the things. So that's the reason why a lot of the stuff was taken out of the Bible. Right. Is, yeah. So there would have been an argument in the court. This is too revealing. It's not fair for me. You know, I need to have a fair shot shot at, at my claim. Mm -hmm. And God being just has to go. Yeah, you do. And so a lot of information is hidden in there. It's hidden in plain view. But I think it's coming out now. Because we're getting close to it. Yeah, yeah. The gavel's coming down. So, you know, you, you, you know, there was a, you know, there was a, a period of time where this information was held back, but now it's, you know, it, the truth is going to come out. Right. And, and we're all going to know exactly what's going on. And um, that's the end of it. Yeah. I, I've been coming across this over and over and over again. And instinctually, I've just been saying to people, the reason why we're in revelation is because <laughs> we're near the end. Like everything's being revealed now, like everything from, you know, balloons being satellites and like, it's all, it's all just coming forward. Now the lies, the weight of all the lies have, has gotten way too heavy. Yeah. So all these institutions are crumbling like left, right, and center. And I'm, I'm overjoyed because <laughs> when I was growing up, I was looking at these institutions that my elders revered. And I was like, this is sick. We're, we're in an absolutely demented space, like to revere and give false idolship to these institutions that are knowingly just corrupt. 
like I, I, I developed very little trust in many of my elders when I was a kid. Cause I was like, it was so obvious how insane things were. Yeah. And so now to see that so many of these institutions are just being revealed over and over again, just to be utter exactly the way I felt as a kid. I mean, I feel, I actually feel relief. <laughs> I feel, I'm like, I, oh. I do too. You know, I could, you know, I'm old enough where I remember the, the, the Apollo missions and, uh, you know, this idea of going out in space. And then when you, when you, you watch the rocket go off, they would curve it. And I'm going, like, I'm a, I'm a little bit of a scientist. I'm like, okay, we're on this spinning ball and we're going to hit another thing that's orbiting around us. And then you add a curve to this, right. to the, like, what? Yeah. I I grew up I, I grew up just south of Cape Canaveral in, in South Florida. And so I remember when the Challenger exploded, the quote unquote Challenger exploded. Mm -hmm. We had a, a half day that day at my at my school. And so I think it was during the winter time because I remember it being nice and cool outside. So our teachers took us up onto the top of the building and we're watching it and it's going up and then it does its parabolic curve out out into the ocean and i remember seeing it just like do this puff and then see it was it wasn't like it normally looked and i looked at my teacher miss kaminsky and she had horror on her face you know and she knew something was wrong and all of us kids we saw her face and we were reacting to her and this is before the internet is i think it was 86 when that happened and so we go downstairs and they already had signed, sealed and delivered the news talking about what happened. You know, just utter. And at that age, you know, I just believe what the adults were saying, like, oh, you know, O-rings and yada, yada, yada. But I remember even as a little kid, because I used to launch rockets with my father out on golf courses and we'd shoot these little rockets and they they wouldn't ever have a parabolic carcass. <laughs> you'd shoot them they go straight up and sometimes if there's no wind they come straight down you had to be very 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 careful so i i, I get it man I, it was a huge uh, relief to me a few years ago when the fe movement came came around and kind of you know brought back the sort of the biblical cosmology of 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 what this realm really is and to me, it was it, it was endearing to me because it brought back the spiritual component of things. There is an up, there is a down, there is a left, right, and center. Because that other cosmology, the one thing people never got was that other cosmology, there is no direction. You're directionless. Right. And there's no there's no there's no center point or, or yeah the. The thing about the flat and and, um, and not that I'm you know I, I've studied it a little bit, but what it does is it 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 brings in somebody built this thing and right. that's and that's what they don't want you to exactly okay, who built it and when and how and like so they want us to think that this is all random and and that and having something of this of that structure brings in construction like it was, exactly it was designed and, and there's a it was a building of it so and i love that that gives me such such like i i've been a body worker for most of my life i'm also a builder i'm always using my hands and so seeing the grace by which god has created everything has always been in me and then 
I don't know what this realm is, but I know it's not a fucking spinning ball flying through space at 66 million miles, you know, whatever garbage that they tell you. Yeah. So I love the fact that it really woke up in people the the notion of of God. Like, wait a minute. You know, and then I can see them taking it the other way, going with simulation theory. I, now that they know, now that people are seeing it as like a construct, it's somebody's, it's it's some being's imaginal creation. Now they're trying to go the other way with the matrix and all these other things, saying it's some sort of computer simulation. It's they're just trying to hijack it and take it in the other direction. Yeah. Would you mind, let, let's go through, because my, my biggest desire is to know cosmology. All, all my guests, I'm like, I want to know your cosmology. I want to know the architecture of your cosmology. So we already said in the beginning, like here in, in what we experience in mundane 3D reality, we have this power and principality that kind of rules over the mundane aspect of our being that which is choosing not to see you know <laughs> choosing not to choose and am i saying that correctly i don't want to uh i'm not sure exactly what you're talking about there but the, uh, like like as far as my my being is concerned or or the structure itself like the whole whole uh, earth well the I like this delineation i like how 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 you are making me be more um, accurate with my question. Is there a general cosmology? Do we all share one specific space for, for the life that we're experiencing? Yes, but it's, it's fractal. So because the, the small is the big, it, like right. it just, it's just a re repetition. So the, you know, and the mask thing was a really good example. And I was trying to get people to stop fighting about the mass, just walk into the store, like there's nothing wrong. And they were starting to experience this where their reality bubble, that's what I, how I describe it, um, would pass through the main reality bubble and it couldn't infringe upon it. Mm -hmm. And people couldn't see that they didn't have masks on. Mm-hmm until you mentioned it, then they, Oh yeah. You, you know, you got to wear a mask. So it's, we all have our own reality bubble, but there's a collective of the, of, of all these bubbles. And I don't, I'm not sure the mechanism of the, of that, but it is, uh, it seems to be a, a thing mm -hmm. and, and they can act exercise like the collective mind through the TV and et cetera. And they've done it, you know, a few times in my lifetime that, that um, challenger thing was one. Mm -hmm. uh, JFK was one. Uh, 9 11 was one. Uh, Diana. Mm -hmm. And now, this, the la latest one was this, this uh, flu thing. The and crown. That, what's that? <laughs> the crown. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they showed pictures of people collapsing for about f five days, and then you never saw it the whole rest of the time. Like, why did that phenomenon stop? Mm -hmm. you know and we, we just forgot and then they they really solidified it with the toilet paper mm -hmm. got us to pay attention for at least three weeks mm. or whatever it was but there was a period of time where we we it was always in our mind i got to get toilet paper because there's the, you know it, they associated it that's how they got the biggest 
chunk of of the mind and um so there is this group mind thing as well that that's happening like we are a flocking species and we just don't know it they know it so they're able to to create a reality because they can get so many minds thinking a certain way and that's how it how it comes about mm -hmm. so is that what you're talking about yes because i've 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 had these philosophical discussions with people because i i do see within my own life the capacity to create and i've seen that capacity the more i give the more i surrender my will to thy will the more the more absolute that that i guess you'd say inf influences in my little sphere of existence mm -hmm. and um but I can't negate, I can't say that that's like the influence. No. You know what I'm saying? It can be. And many people have done it. Not, well, I wouldn't say many, but a few, a few people have been able to do that kind of thing where they can um, get their reality into a bunch of minds. Like I said, they, that's just what they just did. Right. And there's been a few people throughout history, if the history is true, who have been able to do this where they get um you know they push on the whole thing and and get their way um lucifer is another one where he you know that's what he's trying to do in here through right. money through, through. so but there is this there's god as well and god has a has a has a plan and or a intention mm -hmm. but he he <laughs> lays that down and went into agreements mm -hmm. uh, so especially uh, particularly with Lucifer and that's the the, the main agreement um, main agreement um, between Lucifer and God as far as man is concerned is on page one of the Bible where he says let us make man in our image and in our likeness when you say so who's the hour that's right we've been taught that it's the uh, Elohim or right. God in the Trinity it's not it doesn't say that so if you just looked at it logically, you know, through the English version or even the even the original things, there is a colon after likeness, number one. Number, I'll go through it. So on day one, God creates light. You know, he goes through a, a, a series of things. There's no consultation. Mm -hmm. Just, I, I want to do this. I'm going to do it. I did it. I like it. That's That's the basis. When we get to day six, all of a sudden, I have to consult. There's a discussion with another consciousness. Okay, why? What's what's going? So it's it's telling you that there's something different happening on this day. It's not. Mm -hmm. And so the 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 consciousness, we were told is is God talking himself. Why didn't he talk himself on day four and, and day three and day two, day one? He mm -hmm. didn't. He it's so there's a difference. So it's not him talking to himself. He's talking to somebody else. And so he's saying, let us make man in our image and give him um, our image and likeness. And likeness has a colon, which means the, the next phrases will be, dis, will be um, further explaining the sentence before. Mm -hmm. So it goes image and likeness and then colon. And we will give them dominion. Uh, we'll give them dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and the everything that creeps upon the land. So that's the three main jurisdictions, admiralty, common law, and spiritual law. Mm -hmm. 
And then it doesn't say that there's an agreement, but the very next verse, God creates back to singular mm -hmm. and he creates man in his image and likeness and gives them dominion. So there was an agreement to do to put him in our image and likeness. Then when he when uh, man is created, it's in God's image and likeness only. And so that's why people think that there's there's God talking to himself. But if you just looked at it objectively, that's not what it's saying. It looks so, to me like yeah, so who who is the hour? It's God in Lucifer. Lucifer. Wow, this is mind blowing. So, if it's God and Lucifer, is this part of because you're saying in the spiritual domain there is no time, like the the way the time works, we, we're in the time, we're in the temporal. Yeah. So, is this something that you think occurred like as this litigation is going on, as this as this courtroom's going on? Yes. That... This is how we're going to like. How are we going to decide this? Right. As Lucifer is going to complain every time you're not giving me, you're, that's not fair. Well, yeah, you're right. That's not fair. I can't do that. Mm -hmm. So you would end up in this impasse. It, it, this is that duality versus singularity, or you know, like you were talking about before, where you end up just spinning around in a right. in a loop. So they had to go something that's outside of both of them, and 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 decide, like agree that this is how we're going to do this. Mm. And so God was, I mean, man was given all the attributes, not all the attributes, but the attributes of God inside a, uh, a closed system. So it's not full on, but we were given dominion and dominion is a very strong word. It is. And so it means to dominate. So we were given that position as, and when you look at the words in the original language of image and likeness, one goes to more like shape, um, like, you know, like, a photograph or is a, an image or a statue. The other one goes to standing or instead, mm -hmm. like agent of. And um, so that's that's what we were given. We were we're, we're kind of like God, but we're also given his to operate in his stead. Mm -hmm. And so God took a huge risk in in putting all his whole position into a being called man. Mm. And this is how it's going to be adjudicated. This is this is so wonderful. So here we are. We have a, a in the temporal realm. It appears that we've had thousands of years of this of this trial. <laughs> is it a trial of our peers? <laughs> this is a question, or is it just strictly like who's actually rendering the verdict? Well, only God can render the verdict. But there's the problem because God's also the the one being challenged, right? So Lucifer, he, he's a he's a master at the at this, like um, you know, devils in the details. Mm -hmm. He's the accuser of the brethren. He's constantly coming up with legal loopholes and using God's attributes against himself, and mm -hmm. so they ended up in this loop. So, and and the you know the loop is still happening. But now, as we wake up and figure this out. We can put a stop to this. And it's it's about like the way I it feels like this is, you know, we're starting to bear witness for our creator. Yes. And in bearing witness for our creator, all things are resolved. Yes. This 
the creation can move on past this glitch of one being deciding, I think I'm going to throw a big wrench in this. I'm going to take over the, the zero spot you mm -hmm. know, in the Fibonacci series. Mm -hmm. And so we're at that point, uh, you know, I feel that this is, this case is going to be adjudicated forever. No chance of appeal. Could you define adjudicated? <laughs> I've, I've heard means judged um okay yeah so there will be a final judgment mm -hmm. see the attribute of god is he is always going to be fair even if he, even if he is a litigant he will he will look at it himself and you'll see this in job does um job uh, god boasts on job says as soon as lucifer comes to or satan i guess he's called in that point comes to the court case he goes oh you're here Look at my guy, Job. Yeah, well, you've got a hedge around him. So there's the accusation. Mm -hmm. He's the richest man on earth and, you know, everything's going really well for him. Let me take his stuff and he will curse you to your face. So there's the, there's right. the, the mechanism. And so God had to go, yes, I see your point. I do have a hedge around him. I'm not going to lie. You, you won't lie. Mm -hmm. And okay, you can take his stuff. But you can't touch him. So there was an order with limitations on it. Mm -hmm. That didn't work. So now there's an appeal. This is how I saw all this after I was, you know, dealt with, when I was incarcerated and held. I, I when I read Job again, I went, "He's remanded." I because I had just done sixty days of remand. I went, "He can only get out to come to court." And then mm -hmm. I started looking at, okay, Earth. They can't get out of Earth. And then I, was, and then all these structures that I, you know, I'd studied the pyramids and all that were all things to get out. And I'm like, they've been trying to get out. Of, they can't get out. Mm -hmm. And then all this NASA stuff, they can't. They now they're trying to get out. They can't get out. They literally said that with all those rockets that they launched at the firmament, they called it Operation Fishbowl. Like they feel like fish in a bowl. They're fish in a barrel. They it, are literally remanded. And we're in here inside the prison thing, but we're not really remanded. And we're more uh, here to adjudicate this thing, like to get get it um, to settle this cl old claim. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, so God has to adjudicate it, but it has to be done in a way where there's no chance of appeal because Lucifer will just keep appealing. And so what we're doing uh, at Empower we're creating um, a legal, lawful, spiritual document with this in mind, because the so-called powers that be inside this temporal area are deploying weapons and using commercial um, means to do it, like tacit agreement and everything. So we can literally flip the whole thing back on them, and we're and we tied it to this whole underlying theme of of Lucifer. Mm -hmm. So as because through agency and as above, so below. So we're we're taking what they thought they were being clever with and we're turning it so that God can actually use this to adjudicate the whole Lucifer claim. Oh, that's so wonderful. Yeah, it's 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 like a perfect storm. It's really big. So with this, I there's a couple of questions before we get into the notice of liability that you guys have created, which I I'm I'm just starting to study now. I'm 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 so excited about it. I want to get into the role of Yeshua, of Jesus. 
who was he? What what was he like? What what is the 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 role of of Yeshua? Well, it says he was he was um, um, he was there in the beginning. So in the in the Fibonacci series, or um, or like the golden mean ratio, Fibonacci is similar, like a digital thing of the yeah of the golden mean. He would have been. Um, because it goes zero, one, one, two, three. He would have been uh, probably the second one. Mm -hmm. There would have been the father, the son, and then by the time you get to three, now you got the father, son, and Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So he was, he is, for lack of, uh, like for all intents and purposes, God. Mm -hmm. Because the, the, when you're at the three, there's so, there's so little separation that you, there isn't a separation right that's what it is and so he was able to incarnate um you know you can hear read this all through through the whole new testament you know and so that's who he was mm -hmm. now he came to redeem redeem adam back to the you have dominion mm-hmm so that was done, but we just haven't come and taken our, come to get our, you know, like our position. We've been, right. we're still running around chasing after money and all that. Mm -hmm. So now is the time where we have to understand what's happening and, and take up our position because it's open for us to take and they can't stop us. Mm -hmm. Literally can't. So and, with redeeming, what does deem mean by itself? Deem means to deem um, to say something is in a state or um, like you can be deemed. Put it this way: I was deemed to make X amount of dollars in my uh, in my child support case because mm -hmm. I didn't have tax returns. So they just deemed me to okay. This is how much you make based on what you know what we saw from tax returns you know years ago. Mm -hmm. So it's it's a it's a it's a way of saying you are, you have this position or you are considered as this. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So we were to be redeemed is to have your deeming changed. Okay. Yeah. So, and you can redeem like in a debt, in a debt situation too, like in, in ancient Israel and actually in ancient Babylon, they would, they would re um, they would cancel debts. So all the titles of the properties would be redeemed back to the original owners, mm -hmm. owners only family. So it's again, you were deemed to have lost it. Now you have now you're redeemed back to the into position of ownership or whatever it is. So mm -hmm. that's what that's what redeemed is. And so we are our position that we were holding is now fixed and we're back to um, the original when uh, God created Adam. Mm-hmm. And Adam's fall from grace was essentially the fact that he lied, correct? And that he missed he he went against his 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 creator. Like he actually he chose he there didn't was trust. Only, he didn't there trust. Was only, yeah, there was only one rule and he broke it. Right. So there that you know that was it. So now Adam was now, and here's where it gets, now Adam is in both 
the nature of God and the nature of Lucifer. So that's where that Genesis comes in, where it's yeah. like, okay, make him in our image. Our image and our likeness. likeness. So we have we have both aspects going on inside each of us. And we are the pawn, the like I said, we're every aspect of this claim. And we need to figure this out and and choose the right thing. And if you can see where we're headed. We're not going in the right direction as as we speak. So we need to actually turn around the other way and go back. Right. Yeah. And so philosophically speaking, you can't have free will without a limitation. So mm. if if God if God says, you know, you're to partake, you can partake of this entire garden except this tree. Yes. There there's a limitation. There's a there limitation. There That's has right. to be a choice. And then that is what actually I talk to a lot of uh, Nietzscheans and <laughs> people that really are nihilistic. They're, they don't believe in free will at the at the end of the day. They don't really believe in free will. And they really hate the story of the garden. And I'm like, no, no, you don't understand. You don't know how science experiments work. You have to have a control. If yeah. you're gonna if you're gonna add a catalyst to a system, you actually have to have a, a non-catalyzed aspect of, of of the of the system that you're to, to in measure. order to see what the catalyst does. Otherwise, it, there's nothing to compare exactly. To yes. Yeah, yeah. And so it it was absolutely essential. If we're made in the image and likeness of our Creator, and we are to be a cre creative, we have to have a control within the experiment. So the control was the the tree the tree of what was it it wasn't the knowledge of good and evil knowledge of good and evil duality and i think that's actually indicating that we're built to worship because how many of us actually like uh, i'll speak excuse me i'll speak for myself i know i've gotten lost in intellectual masturbation <laughs> you know where it's just like i'm going to figure it out with my mind but i can get to god immediately through my heart yeah and other other aspects yeah yeah well, yeah. what I'm saying for me personally is just like the worship aspect. Like I know I'm built to worship. Mm -hmm. And when I come across people that have been in the foxhole, that have been through the grind of life, each one of them can get there because through the heart. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's, I don't see it so much as an intellectual affair. So I can kind of, I can kind of see the whole thing with, and I, I'm, I'm paraphrasing God, <laughs> like, okay, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, it's fun. Yeah, you could do it, but, you know. You're going to get lost in there. Your brother Lucifer over here, that he's, he's swimming in that shit hard, and look at where he's at. <laughs> exactly. But we're built to worship. And that's why, like, I think in the Old Testament, the whole thing was like, you shall have no other idols before me. Right. It's like, if you worship and really like love me, you're taken care of, son. You, you got right. this. Yeah. Oh man, I love this. This is just- And there's a bunch of covenants about it. You know, like the 10 commandments is a covenant. And and there was other covenants in there where God just, some of, it, some of the covenants were, if you do this, I will do that. Others were just, I'm just gonna do this. I'm just gonna bless you. Like, mm -hmm. and, um, so we have to understand those things. and. If there's a condition on it and the, and there's nothing wrong with the condition on it, like we have to perform too, then we should perform and we'll get the thing that we're all looking for.
Mm-hmm. But we want to do it our way or, you know, the world's way or whatever other way. And, and then you get the results, you know, the, the results are self-evident. Yeah. They're very empty results. They're, yeah. they're extremely empty results. Cause I always have resonated with Jesus's words. You know, you're in this world, you're not of it, you know, <laughs> do, do the birds of the field or the, or the grass of the field, does it, does God love that greater than you? Like it's, it's so perfectly said. Yeah. Like, everything you said was perfectly said. Just perfectly said. It's just like, you can't deny that. At least I can't deny it. So I'm, I, I, I'm so happy that we're living in the time of revelation and like yeah. the apocalypse, you know, this is like apocalyptic. Like there is this whole turning of the age. Um, with this notice of liability, let, let's get into some of the details with it. This notice of liability first started with the smart meters, right? Well, look, first, could you describe to people what a notice of liability is? Like what's its function? Well, first of all, it's a notice and notices are powerful in statute law, common law and spiritual law. So it's, you're giving somebody a notice and they have to perform on that notice. So if you go into a parking lot, you'll see a notice, like a sign up saying you park here, it's going to be $2. And if they didn't have that up, you would just park in there and, and like there would be no, no enforcement because they have to give you notice that this is a parking lot, not just, you can, you know, do whatever you want in, in this area. So that's how, that's how, what a notice does. And you'll see notices everywhere. And once you understand them, you'll, you'll recognize they want you to notice something. So it's a notice of liability. You're that some liability is about to come to you. Mm-hmm. And then the document gets into why it's because it looks like there is a, an agenda worldwide agenda to deploy. Uh, we have, um, well, we have four, we have three right now. So that either vaccines, smart meters or 5g mm-hmm. it's worldwide. And then we get into, it looks like it's a weapon that, you know, I'm just paraphrasing it down yeah. to mm-hmm. looks like it's a weapon and looks like you're involved with it. And according to your, depending on what country you're in, according to your constitution and your thing, that's called treason and, and, or, uh, genocide and, or murder. And also we are giving you notice that we're not going to, we're going to accept this thing only under the condition that you prove it's uh, safe. Because mm-hmm. they're saying it's safe, but now you need to prove it to me beyond, you know, with in affidavit form. If you can't prove it's safe and you still deploy it, then I'm going to charge you X amount of dollars per day. Mm-hmm. Do we have a deal? So that's that's the premise of it. So we end, you end up getting them into a contract that they started. So they're the they're the offerer, offer, offeror. So they put an offer out there for smart meters, five G or vaccinations. They're not forcing anybody, but they're they're pushing it hard. And so that's the offer. Once you once you put an offer out into in commerce, you have to complete the contract. If somebody comes in to negotiate with you, you can't just. Like if you list your house for sale, you can't then just, uh, I'm not selling it to you because I don't don't like you or, you know, or it's Tuesday, I'm not selling on Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. You, know, you can't, you have to complete the the listing, you know, six months or whatever it is. And if somebody comes with, to you with 
uh, an offer that has no conditions and meets your your price, you you have to sell. Like mm -hmm. you can't not sell. So they're in that position where they put this thing out there thinking they were clever using commerce to deploy weapons, but it has a, an Achilles heel in it and that we can flip that on them. And so mm -hmm. that's what that's what the notice liability does. And um, so that's the premise of it. That's wonderful. So the way I looked at it, at least I was living in Costa Rica when the Corona thing happened. And um, it was crazy because the adoption from the public there, it's a very Catholic country and the Pope said, do it. So everyone did it. And when I say everyone, it was like above 80% acceptance for real. And so all of us foreigners, all of us gringos that are living down there, most of us moved down there to avoid what we thought was persecution in, in, in North America. And it was crazy. Like within a couple of weeks, it, everything was flipped on its head. And down there, they have vaccine police. Like they'll literally drive to your house with a cart and they will like, you'll have neighbors tell on you, like if a child hasn't been vaccinated, because to them, they just want a seat at the table. They think, oh, if I if I get my vaccinations, you know, we're we're a first world country. You know, the, 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 there's a there's a very, um, I guess you would say, a, a daddy complex that's very strong within that culture. So that happened, and my wife and I, we didn't have any way. We we had been looking for years and years and years from the lawful side to establish our property rights there. And we couldn't find we there was impo it was impossible to be a foreigner to get a lodial title. So then I, I just saw this whole thing as God moving me because it was just like I've been looking for five years for a lodial title, how to how to claim a lodial title here. Can't can't claim it. And then Corona happens. I watched the entire population flip. Brother after brother, sister after sister, like it got ugly. And the whole reason I was there, the people were so nice and like, they're just beautiful, open hearted, but that like switched them. Mm -hmm. Like it went and made like, cause they made it a monetary thing. Like you say, they made it where like, as an employer, if, if somebody called in and said, oh, I saw him with somebody who was sniffling, I had to not let him at work, but I still had to compensate him. And then I, I refused, I, in my good heart, one law legally, I couldn't refuse payment to somebody that I told couldn't go to work. So, so many people learn to game the system. They're like, oh, and so they were point fingers. And so my productivity of my company just plummeted. And then when people started get to get the vaccination, so many of them got vaccine injured. And so that limited productivity. And it was just like, I, I was pulling my hair out. And I was like, I told my wife, I was like, we got to get out of here. There's no, there's no way we don't have any, from a, from a legal perspective, at least with the, the little bit of knowledge that I had, I could not limit my liability at all. Like I was completely exposed. And so I'd already like lived all around the world. And I was just like, you know what? I'm going to move to the Bible Belt of the United States <laughs> because I kept seeing all these attorney generals of these states, you know, 
you know, putting the drawing the line in the sand and saying, no, that's a federal, that's a federal statute that has nothing to do with us. And I was like, that's where I want to be. And then it was crazy because I left the United States thinking the United States was this like albatross that was, you know, and I, I, it was just another piece of conditioning I had to let go. And I felt this in tremendous freedom moving back to my home country. And then like being in areas where people didn't wear masks, you know, nobody was getting into your business. Nobody was like calling officials saying that your child was unvaccinated. There was none of that going on. And I was just like, hallelujah. And I really feel like what you're doing and like what a lot of people in North America overall doing has kind of held the line for the whole rest of the world. Yeah. Because if, if, if you guys didn't do that, like, I think their, their whole plan might've gotten more traction. Yeah. And I, and I firmly believe it's the United States constitution. That is the, the underlying baseline of the defense for all this. Mm-hmm. That's why they're trying to get rid of that thing. So um shouldn't say it that way, but um yeah, like the more I studied, you know, the um the American constitution, the more I realized those guys knew this day was coming, like this time was coming, and mm -hmm. they put a place in the world where you could literally mount a pretty good defense from. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's it's it's wonderful. I I would like you to share if if you have the time the whole story with how you defaulted the queen because I'm going to take it in a direction once you explain what occurred because I have a lot of friends internationally and I have a I have an international um, audience that listens and so many people and myself included have been programmed that the United States was the great Satan and in your story of how how you went through the court system in Canada and then that led you to Great Britain and being in front of the Windsor Palace to me is one of the most life-affirming stories I've ever heard and I, I kind of want to get into the implications of that okay well it's the whole it's a it's a long story um you know it's through the divorce and then um you know, I learned, I, I learned commerce. I got the judges kind of running out of the room. And then everything was quiet in my life. I wasn't going to court anymore because I just said, I'm not coming. Mm -hmm. I did a process and it seemed to stick. It stuck on the, on the, um, on the child support one. They never did ever enforce anything past that date, but on the driving thing, they came and got me about a year and a half after I stopped going to court. So I, you know, I was feeling, yeah, feeling pretty good. And mm. uh, they're not, they're not going to come and get me, but they did and got me on a long weekend, tried to shake me down, you know, on a Friday and you can't, you don't appear in court till Tuesday. So you got to spend three days in, in a remand. I had never been in a remand before. I'd just done, you know, overnights in, in like a lockup, you know, mm -hmm. at a police station basically. And um, so this is the first time I'm in with, with criminals yeah you know i gotta wear the red suit and all that stuff so you know <clears throat> there's people in there on murder and all that so it's it's not a it's not a pleasant place so they thought that that would shake me down and it didn't so i was in there for 60 days total 
before they could get jurisdiction and actually move forward with the trial. And then the trial itself, um, you know, I caught them a couple of times. They had to have a trial within a trial. And so the whole thing it was supposed to be a one day trial and it took 60 days. Hmm. In that, my my friends were trying to get me out through a habeas corpus. And we were we were pretty adept at, at um, commercial instruments at the time. You know, we'd been doing it for a year or so, maybe uh, maybe longer, but around that. So we weren't, we weren't brand new at it. We weren't experts either. Uh, we were still fairly new at it. And so they put in a promissory note with the with the habeas corpus to get me out because everything that they do as we discussed before is all about commerce it's all about securities and mm -hmm. and money so they gave them a, a huge promissory note that would easily cover whatever they were thinking of making and then some and uh, they didn't let me go so on the last day she found me guilty she gave me one day in jail and 59 days credit because i had done 60 days at that point and um and a five-year driving prohibition and a twelve hundred dollar fine so i had three three things and so i i knew that the five-year driving prohibition was just a way to get me back into into the system because every time they catch me i would be breaking a condition and i'd be back in you know mm -hmm. and they would keep me in that loop forever i i, I know when i was i was only there for, for 60 days but i saw guys come and go in in that two months mm -hmm they would break a condition back in let out on a condition again back like it's just a money-making yes. machine yeah so i knew that's what that was and i there's no way i would be able to drive for five years without being caught like because i don't drive with a license and all that so i thought nah, i don't think i can do it i don't think i can make it they're mm -hmm. gonna catch me at some point so i said i want that removed and she goes okay i said it would cause me harm and she removed it prosecutor was you know like what so then um then i said i want to talk about the 59 days credit now i had seen it before with another guy he ended up with 14 days credit and we were trying to figure out what's what's the credit like what what do you get does that mean you can punch somebody and for free <laughs> like, we've never seen anything like this before where they you yeah. were given credit for, mm -hmm. for the days that you did but you um you know they weren't able to convict you of it so i went i said i want to talk about that i heard through the grapevine in jail that you get 300 dollars a day for every day that you're if you end up being innocent when you're held without bail mm -hmm. uh, they'll give you 300 dollars a day for your time in there and so i think that's what she thought i was going to go for you know 59 times 300 mm -hmm. and, um so i said i want to talk about that she goes okay it was probably the first time anybody's ever wanted to talk about it and the only reason why i wanted to talk about it because i'd seen it before had i not seen it before i would have been just like but i would have been out and trying to figure out after the fact but i'd seen it before so i i wanted to push on it a little and then i said that the the um the amount of the amount of credit she's giving me has to balance the promissory note that was put in mm -hmm. and so you know i won't get into all the details of that but she ended up asking me how much was the promissory note. She, she agreed at first. She said, okay, how much is the promissory note? I said, $300 million. <laughs> Your time's worth a lot. <laughs> it was far from the $300 a day, which would end up being around 18,000 or something. Um, it was not even close. So, um, so 
the deal was made in 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 court time and then it was the collection after i got out so that was my last day in court that was my last day in court ever like on my own case because you're expensive <laughs> yeah, and that's what it is they lost so much money on that so we tried a couple of processes to get the 300 million and they didn't work they just ignored it then we went to a uh we got a like a template to work with and we adopted it for for canada it took us three or four months and um once we had it done i took it to the u.s consulate to be notarized and then we sent it in well i sent it in on a thursday on monday the newspaper said the province had lost 300 million dollars in one day mm -hmm. in like last week and my buddy who had taken me to the to the mail thing to drop these off he knew what was in there and he was like yeah whatever you know uh, uh, yeah. mm -hmm. good luck with that he's the one that told me on money he goes cal you wouldn't believe it like they're saying they lost 300 million dollars last week you sent in the thing for 300 million dollars i said yeah on thursday and this is monday what do you mind me asking what year this was it was around 2007 ish i think okay 2009 so it was quite a while ago mm -hmm. and, um in that area those those dates ring out to me um we look for evidence of this even in the newspaper and it, like they scrubbed it mm -hmm. and it's not in the court file either so anyway so long story short they still didn't pay but they panicked and uh they had to reconvene the legislature had to bring all the people back from holidays and it was a big you know, they weren't saying what it was in the news, but it was in the news because mm -hmm. uh, it really rocked them. So they still didn't pay. And then we, you know, I kept trying to collect and went through the rounds, um, escalated to to the federal level because the province wasn't paying. The court wasn't paying at first because it was the court. It was a court deal. Mm -hmm. The judge made the deal. So I went out to the court and the, and the head judge and all that. They wouldn't pay. So I went to the province. Okay, you guys own this thing or they're under you in some way. Um, you guys got to pay. Nope. And then I went to the federals. And then the clerk of the Privy Council stepped down when I when he got his final notice or notice of default, which was a big deal. He's a He was a big wig. Like, um, he was the CEO of the IMF at, at before that wow yeah yeah like he was he, we were shocked when that guy left mm -hmm. we're like whoa we i remember when we we were all looking at each other like whoa mm -hmm. like that's we weren't expecting that and um and it was a and it was a big deal because he had had a press conference in the morning didn't and mention anything about retirement the mail mm -hmm. got delivered after the press conference around 10 30 or 11 o'clock in the morning because we were tracking the mail, he left at noon or mm. one o'clock, like boom, gone. And so they were, it was all written up in, in all the, you know, the national rags, like what made this guy run and run? Cause you know, he's like, he's like a, you know, he's, you don't mess with that guy. Big time. Yeah. He's a big time guy and um, very connected. So they still didn't pay. And then I was led to go after the queen. So I'd done all that process. 
And I agreed to that. And I was specifically stop going after the money and go after the queen. And I went, okay, what do I need to have to, to go after the queen? Because I can't just directly go after her. I have to, I went, oh, I've got everything. Because all the, every piece of paper that I went after the money for is exactly like what I need to go after the queen. Mm -hmm. I've got these, all her agents in a default. So now it falls upon her. She can't send it back. I've, I've already defaulted anybody that she, she could possibly send it back to here in Canada. So I wrote the queen and gave her 30 days to perform. And she, she defaulted mm -hmm. by not, by non-performance. So years later, um, well, right after that, my spiritual authority went up. I, you know, I know this mm -hmm. show is going to understand that. So um, and I came to it by, by accident. Like I, I, I was again told, use the, use the document that you wrote. And the first experience was I was stretching stuff out of my hip. Like a, like a, a lot of stuff gets stored in your body spiritually. Yeah. So I was having trouble with my left hip and it was just really locked. I couldn't get to stretch anymore. Like it was, it came to an impasse. Like that's not a bone. Like it should move, but it wouldn't. Mm-hmm. And I got this thought, use the document you sent to the queen. And I went, what kind of ridiculous, why would I think that? Uh -huh. What does that have to do with my hip here? Like, I'm. Uh... anyway, I did it and boom, the hip moved. And I went, okay, what was that? What is that? What, what, what just happened? What is that? Is that because our, this is the temple of God? Like what? I had to deal with a lot of stuff based on that experience. Okay. Like a lot. Cause that, that was like, uh, like my default was that's a ridiculous thought to it worked. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Why did it work? What's going on here? Like what's happening? Like what, what is this? So the, what I came to is, yeah, my being is a small version of the, of the whole earth. Mm -hmm. And I started to notice and I started to experiment with it when I would try and move stuff out or you know, out of my own body. And I would see in the bigger reality, I'm going, okay, is that related? And I would do it again. Like mm -hmm. I started to figure out that I'm a small version of everything like in, in here. Right. Another thing was um, that that document that I sent to the queen had ramifications inside here and then outside of, of the realm as well. And so I, I realized that that document was, wasn't about $300 million. It was about a spiritual uh, contract and, and somehow I broke something. something mm -hmm. big. And I had to really deal with that and um, come into my authority and, and, you know, like, like embody it, take it on without getting to, you know, too much ego and all like, cause it was uh, staggering how far my authority went. It was staggering, dude. Mm -hmm. I'm like, like if somebody had this kind of power, I don't know what they could do with it. You know, like if they had any kind of inklings of taking over the world or it, like it was, it was that kind of thing. Right. Like I'm, and I was in awe of it. Um, still am. And um, I think it's available. I don't think I'm special, but I ended up in a special spot. And because I was just following or like following um, 
spiritual due process <laughs> yeah and door, when, when, I'm, when i'm told to do, ask to do something i do it or a door opens and i walk through right. it was really that's all it was now when i so years later i'm on a call with some people from england and she invites me to come and speak in england mm-hmm. and i went oh yeah I'll, I'll do that that's enough notice and the, my instant thought was i don't want to go to england like why did i just say yes like i was like I can't believe I just said yes to it because I don't like flying, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not afraid of flying. I just don't like being in a plane for that long because I'm I'm a big guy and it's mm-hmm. my back gets tight and I just can't do it. <clears throat> I can do if I'm in first class or something, it's a little more room, but mm-hmm. hunched in, I'm I just I, I just don't want to fly that long. So I went, oh no, I'm going. And everybody else on the call did, including the lady who invited me just say yes <laughs> and so so i went and i had they said how long you want to stay i said okay well i got two speaking engagements one on saturday and one on the sunday i thought okay well i'll stay monday in case there's some questions or you know something else pops up and i'll fly home tuesday so i did the two speaking engagements uh, they wanted me to go on the Monday to go see some lawyers in London, but after my after my speaking engagement, <laughs> they thought I was a little too out there for you know to talk to lawyers. So I went, yeah, yep, yeah, no problem. And uh, so I had a day off. Mm-hmm. And part of this thing is a drum set that I had bought in the nineties. I walked into the to the music store and I saw this drum set. And I went, that's my drum set, as if I lost it. And I, you know, that's mine. Mm-hmm. Was this instant? I didn't even hear it or anything. Like, that's my drum set. Mm-hmm. I ended up buying it. And years later, I lost some uh, legs off the, my floor. One of my floor toms at a gig, and um, and I phoned the the place I was playing, and they they couldn't find it. So I thought, okay, I'm gonna have to look up this drum set, see if I can replace these. <clears throat> Found out it was an iconic kit. I didn't know that. I'd had it for you know quite a while, and um, and it was made in England. Mm-hmm. I kind of knew that, but I didn't know much about it. But then I found out that you know Premier Drums they they're they're an iconic brand as well. So I started collecting Premier Drums. Just as a this is a sidebar, but it's so important, right? Because now I'm a, I have a day off on the Monday, and I'm a drum collector of English drums, and there's these old famous music store this is the this is the non-temporality of the spiritual realm that's what i'm talking about like that all played into it so i'm gonna go to london to look for drums Mm -hmm. i have a day off and i had to i had to go for dinner later so so i went okay well i'll just take the train down there i asked somebody how to do it and got down there got off at victoria station i google mapped the area he told me where all the music stores were and he says they're all in one area, so you can you know just go there and you'll see four or five of them all in the in one area. So I put on my phone, I Google mapped it, and it's giving me how to drive there. Mm-hmm. All zigzaggy, like the streets aren't straight in London. And um, but I see a park where I can walk. So mm-hmm. I said, like, well, I'm not gonna follow these streets, I'll just walk through this park and I'll end up like shortcutting through. Well, I ended up walking by Buckingham Palace. Mm-hmm. And I looked at and I went, you know, this is, 
I saw Royal this and Royal that. I went, huh, is this Buckingham Palace? I'm on the side. Mm-hmm. It's not that impressive. Like it's, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I get around the front and then I recognize it because the gates and all that. Oh, this is Buckingham Palace. So they were changing the guard. So I walked up to the gates and I'm watching this and filmed it and took pictures and blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, okay, well, you know, I've seen enough of this. I want to get to the drums. Mm-hmm. Started walking away from Buckingham Palace, directly away from it, through the park to the downtown area. I go past this big monument that's outside the gates. And that's where all hell broke loose. Literally. Yeah. Because I looked at the thing and it was like, okay, yeah, it's one of these nasty looking things with gargoyles and like all kinds of stuff on it. And mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, whatever. And then I looked, I wanted to see who was on the front of it. So I'm already past it. And I looked back to see it. And I saw Victoria on on there. I recognized her, his, her, whatever uh, visage. And um, I instantly got nauseous. And mm-hmm. that's my, in my solar plexus area. Mm-hmm. That's my cue that, something's up and then i instantly go into spiritual battle mode well as soon as i did that it was like a big portal opened up and and all these dormant it was really quiet before that mm-hmm. it felt nothing and all of a sudden it's like full chaos yeah. yeah absolute well again because of what had happened with this document i had become pretty uh proficient like not afraid of any of this stuff and I can take authority over it very quickly. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter what it is. Like I've just, so I've already been trained in all this. I'm like, fuck, call in the archangels, like the big battle starts and um, shut the thing down um, on and on and on. Um, it was later, more things happened. I ended up at the parliament buildings and um, did stuff over there too. And then on my way back, as I was leaving, that's when I got the, I went, that's why I came to London. That's why it was so weird that I like, why do I want to go? The whole reason for me being here is to do this. And I went, and I I went, but I wouldn't have been able to do that unless I wrote to to the queen. And I wouldn't have had the, been able to write the queen if I hadn't had $300 million. And I wouldn't have got the $300 million if I hadn't done 60 days in jail. It went all the way back and I'm like, all the way back to my US, getting my US passport because that's how I got there because I have no Canadian ID. I went, oh my. And the drums played into it. Mm -hmm. And I went, who did this? Like it was obvious. One thing led to another. Mm -hmm. And I didn't see it until I'm walking away from Buckingham Palace and I went, oh, wow. So this, I've heard you, I've heard this story and I love it because I can feel it. I, I've myself, I know, I haven't ever claimed the authority that, that you've gotten to the proficiency, but I have had extra, extracurricular demonic energy come at me and my, my guardian angel, who's a a family member who had passed. She said, demons don't have power. They only have influence. And she told me to breathe. And I was breathing and I was able to face this thing. And the more I, 
I, I was breathing, the more I was able to relax. And then I felt this vertical portal. I felt the not portal, but like vertical connection. And then it went from trying to scare me to actually being beautiful, like it morphed. And then it made me think of the whole, the, the uh, stories I, I had read about Lucifer and like, you know, that realm. If, if they can't scare you, they try to entice you, that type of thing. And I was like, at that moment, I felt like I had graduated. I felt like I w- went through an initiation because the, the, the visceral I f- fear I felt when it first came at me was almost heart stopping. Like mm-hmm. I would, I, I have to admit, I was scared to death. And if, if I didn't have my guardian angel, like, and I trusted that guardian angel because other times in my life, she, she showed up and saved my shit. That time she did it again. And then I was able to face it. And I was like, oh, okay, I, I see. And I didn't give it, I didn't give it permission. Mm-hmm. It was just literally that it was like, thou shall not pass like (laughs) exactly that's all that's what it is yeah and in it just earlier in the evening i'd seen this thing travel into six people and like literally drop their energy fields Mm -hmm. and it was pissed because when i was in that experience of watching everybody's energy field for whatever reason i was the only one that was aware of what was going on and this energy came through me and then had it retract so when it got me alone, it like, it came and mm-hmm. I was like, <laughs> the challenge, yeah, a challenge. And it almost, I have to say, it was like that split second thing. If my angel wasn't there, I would have been defeated at least, at least from my perception. Yeah. Hard to say, but yeah. From my perception at the state of being, I was, cause I was, I was, um, I was in a lower energy valence. And so this can't that came and I felt like there was a graduation in that moment. I had all, all, all grace to God and all thanks to my, my guardian angel. And just like, and then I had been friends with shamans that had talked about like when these energies come in, they all call Archangel Michael. Like if, if if you need a, if you need a space to be cleared, (laughs) you call in, Archangel Michael. Mm-hmm. And I was like, after that experience I had, I was like, I can't not deny this. This is a supernatural thing. And it, it seems to work. It seems to work regardless of whatever religion you're identifying with in the moment. Mm-hmm. It just seems like it's the underpinning of this existence. That's right. So then when I heard your, your story, about okay you're standing there and you're in front of this monument to and with the gargoyles and everything and this is like the in in the middle of a probably a park that has some very specific sacred geometry in an area that has very specific ley lines if you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and you're there and you're facing this i want to know from like an energetic perspective like what what was the experience if if you don't mind sharing it felt like a portal opened up. It felt like it was huge. It's probably three blocks in radius. Wow. And it went all the way over to where the port, uh, where the parliament buildings are. Westminster Abbey's in that. Mm-hmm. 
I was told not to do anything in the in the abbey though. So I walked by and I went, nah. And I was I was told specifically, no, walk by that one. I'm like, are you sure? Because I, you know, it's in there. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it was like a portal. My prayer um partner at the time, she texted me while I was over by the parliament building, said, How's it going? And I said, I'm in the seat of hell. Like I've opened up some kind of something's happening here. And she goes, oh, I'll get Jenny on there. So Jenny can, she could see they're texting me from the United States. And, mm-hmm. and she goes, there's a circular thing that you need to find that they've been doing stuff there for thousands of years. And so I'm looking for it. I ended up back in, in front of the, by the monument. It was all, I didn't notice before, but it was all circular. So mm-hmm. the, the, there's a moat around it and then uh, streets and then lights. And like, this, it was this concentric circle thing around yeah. this thing. And the way I look at it, Buckingham Palace is built around that spot, not right. the other way around. Exactly. And um, Westminster Abbey is just off to the side, and the Parliament Building is close by as well. So it, it's all in that one area, and that. And there was another building that I was led to that had no markings on it. It's mm-hmm. probably about a five-story. It was a full block long. It's quite a large, like wide. Like it took up the whole block, and it was probably about five stories higher, all black windows. And, I, and there was something going on there. I don't know what it was, mm-hmm. but that was all in that area as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was, like I said, I wasn't, I had, I had no fear at that point because I'd already been through quite a bit. And so even taking on something like that, like if I would, you know, it had it been 15 years ago. Yeah. I would have, I would have run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would, like literally. I would have just turned around and walked away. So with the, yeah, because I I've been in like I remember going to Las Vegas a long time ago, and I went into this bookstore, and there was some stuff in there, like, and you could feel it right away. I just, mm-hmm. you know, I got that feeling, and I just, you know, I just turned around and walked out of the store. Mm-hmm. But this I didn't, you know, I was like, no, no, sorry, my space is here. You have now infringed upon me because I got a feeling right here. Mm-hmm. That's it you know we're on and um yeah so i had no fear the first thing that i had was like yours i was dealing with the thing that was over my sister's house and it was huge and it was it was coming at me on and Mm -hmm. uh and uh and i said no i'm taking authority and this is before all this you know and so it was still challenging me and then it came at me and i stood Mm -hmm. that's that's it guess what it was like a piece of glass, yeah, half inch in front of my face. That's exactly and the it, whole it, thing dissolved. It stopped. It stopped right there, and yeah. then it backed up, and it started to morph, and it started to do its thing, and then it knew it couldn't do it, and now it was just like, and it backed up a little bit more, and then it tried to entice me. It 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 changed its thing, and then it just it yeah, never listen. there. There was no verbal thing at all. Yeah, this one was challenging me, and then it came at me as if to take you know do whatever and it all dissolved as if it was hitting a piece of glass and just went off to the side and i'm like whoa and i didn't know there was a piece of glass there i'm just yeah. like oh well that was interesting yeah good force field <laughs> <laughs> but it was literally that close like yeah yeah that's so, wonderful yeah so, so i'd been i'd been through some stuff quite a bit of stuff before i got to buckingham palace i wasn't I wasn't, you know, I wasn't a novice, put it that way. I'm, you know, I still don't know everything. 
because I don't know what I don't know, but I have had no fear at all of that many because I'd just been in that situation before. So mm-hmm. yeah, God even trained me for all that. And I, and I shut it all down, uh, brought in all the archangels to take over. They're still there. And, mm-hmm. um, and then the next day, so that was the Monday of my day off. The next day I'm flying home and they tore my plane apart in Toronto mm-hmm. looking for somebody or something. Mm-hmm. And again, uh, my two prayer partners were praying for me at the time. I didn't know, but I was marked. My card was marked for to be searched. And I walked out the door, handed it to the customs lady, and she put it in her big pile of stuff and said, thank you. And and I had the only um, yellow card. All the rest were white. And my yellow card had markings on both sides of it mm-hmm. from the agent to like to search. Mm-hmm. Walked out, went home. Nice. Did yeah. you get the Did you get the drum set? I didn't see any drums in London. No. That, oh, like, oh, bummer. <laughs> by the time this all uh, happened, uh, it was getting starting to get dark, and I had to go. I had a dinner. Uh, meetings which i just got back in time for so going mm. back on the train did now didn't something happen to buckingham palace like pretty soon after that wasn't like the the royal the royals like moved out or wasn't there I don't some... think, yeah i mean there was all this hatlet thing that popped up i don't think i don't know if that had anything to do with me or uh like i really don't I think the whole Hatlet thing was a scat was another psyop. Mm-hmm. And um but supposedly yeah, the the shield came off one of the sides of the gates and you know but the thing had been in disarray for many years. I mean I I, I can remember uh Elizabeth, they needed millions of dollars to fix the Buckingham Palace and she wanted the people to pay for it. I'm like So yeah, the Buckingham Palace is in disarray. Mm-hmm. A lot of leaks and you know just a lot of problems with it she doesn't actually live there yeah 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 they don't they don't have any of the old masons with the antiquitech from whoever really built the place you know yeah. Th- those places are i think a lot of them at least are are not what we're told that they are no yeah no uh yeah it's a lot of it's smoke and mirrors like every mm-hmm. well everything they do is illusion mm-hmm. the whole idea of a king and queen yeah it's it's all an illusion it's all a claim definitely yeah yeah so we're we're back to the this notice of liability that uh the empower movement has has you guys have published it correct like to people it's that, out now yeah that's magnificent so the yeah, I've, so sent how, my second, I've sent my second round last wednesday so um my third round will be beginning of end of February, I guess. Yeah. What do you mean by first, second, and third rounds? Well, it's a it's a it's a three part process to establish a contract. Mm-hmm. You have to give them uh, the first one's, for lack of a better term, is a a counter offer to their offer. Right. Um, with with um, very clear terms in it, and then and if they don't reply. Then we're saying you tacitly agreed, just like how they were doing what they're doing. And then we give them another opportunity when they don't reply. And then we and then on the third one, then you have a notice of default. Then you can start billing. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. And when you have when all these other people go ahead and 
do their NOLs, does that help your case? Does that help your, your, like what, what, what is this process actually called from a legal perspective? Like, are you get, are you getting any precedence with this, with other people no. making the same claim? Uh, it's more of a mass thing to bring down the whole system. Right. Because what I noticed in my, in my personal case was a lot of people stepped down. Not a lot of people, but a few people stepped down. Mm -hmm. And then when we started with the seed groups, we had um, Seattle, Detroit, and, a, and a, a small city in Canada. Same phenomena happened. Like people were stepping down. So with that idea, we want to do it en masse and we'll have like a lot of people stepping down around the world and it will start to cripple the, the thing. At the same time, we're billing all of the fiat dollars that's on, you know, like it's all fictitious on pieces of paper in a computer. Mm -hmm. We now have other pieces of paper that have a lien against it, like a debt against it. Mm -hmm. And so the value of their money is now transferred to a, another piece of paper. I see. According to their system. Uh-huh. So we, wow. we, we're taking what they have set up, using it against them, and we're taking that all into the, the, to the court of God against Lucifer. So we're mm -hmm. taking his system. He's not honoring his own system. He's not God. You can adjudicate it, and he has no chance of appeal because it's all, all the evidence is based on his system. You can't, appeal. You can't appeal his own thing. Now, does that adjudication look like revelations? Like, does that look like what it says in the Bible yeah. the, the end times are? Well, uh, in particular, Revelation 18. That's the, that's, that's the name of your church, right? Revelation yep. 18 church? Yep. So that's the fall of Babylon, that whole chapter. Okay. I, I'm, I'm, I'm unaware. I, I don't remember Revelation 18. So that's when it falls, and there's two instructions in there. There's a voice comes from heaven, so that you can take that to be whatever you want. And um, the two instructions: one is come out of her, so you're not, so you're not a partaker in her sins, mm -hmm. which, can, like we said before, it can be translated as debts. Mm -hmm. And then the other instruction was take the cup that she's been giving you, fill it double, and give it back to her. Mm. That's right. And that's so that's what we're doing. We're taking their system. And when you think about it, in order to get a clean default on Lucifer where he can't appeal, because he's just gonna imagine he's just been appealing forever. Right. And because God is just, he always gives him his appeals. Like mm -hmm. yeah, this he can't appeal because it's his own stuff. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? It's a checkmate of checkmates. Um, mm -hmm. it's a perfect storm. You're taking you're using his stuff against him. He can't appeal it because it's, oh yeah, I set that up. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. It's this, just this it's, is a better. This is a better ending to the movie The Devil's Advocate. <laughs> Get Keanu Reeves in there, like it's like, oh no, I have this nol against your bullshit, Al Pacino. Come on. <laughs> According to your system. Yeah. So as long as we follow everything by the T, I mean, we're allowed, I'm sure we're allowed some, you know, mistakes here and there, but we're basically following it to a T. We're following your commercial system to a T. 
you have to honor it. If you don't, you're not God. That's what it comes down to. Mm -hmm. That's so, either, or, so either take the weapons down, here's your choice, take the weapons down or pay. Mm -hmm. If you don't, you don't do both, either of those, you go into what's called default. Default judgment comes down mm -hmm. based on your own actions or inactions. And because you're staying in honor, have you found that your spiritual protection has shielded you from any shenanigans? Yep. They they have to touch us with kit gloves because they would go into instant default if they come at us collaterally. It's written right in the document. Mm -hmm. You can't do any collateral attacks or, or direct attacks on on any of the claimants or on the document itself or any anything. And empower is how it's pictured spiritually is a um, white picket fence, nice and low, very, you know, nice, clean, shiny, three feet high. You can look mm -hmm. right over it. You can look through it. Very mm -hmm. open. There's one gate. You got to come through the gate. You can leave anytime. You can come in, out. That's the only gate. You can't come over the fence, through the fence, under the fence. It instantly becomes like, you know, mm -hmm. electrified. That's it's, perfect. Yeah. So, do you have in within your within your claim? Do you have a time frame for them for, for response? Yeah. So it's fourteen days in between the first two rounds, and then um, then you get a notice of default. Then we start billing at, at a thirty day. Um, cycle which is normal in commerce mm -hmm. oh so sparks are going to fly very quickly here <laughs> oh yeah there's already been a couple of there's already been a couple of preliminary moves they haven't left yet but you could like i'm sensing they're like got mm -hmm. one foot out the door and these are some you know people that are in the news yeah yeah wonderful well, Cal, I, I know I have you for two hours and we're getting near the end of that time. I really appreciate you coming on to the BioCharisma podcast. Where can people find your work and, and, and you know, find out more about the NOL and get into this? Well, we don't, we're a private um, membership or, uh, association under a, like a, as a church protected by the U.S. Constitution. So we don't have a lot of stuff out in the public. It's a membership um uh situation very low fee like 15 dollars a month mm -hmm. um and then everything is in there but you can find us at empowermovement.com mm -hmm. perfect that's yeah. awesome well cal i thank you so much for coming on i i i have so much more research to do and i'm just so happy that you know that you've taken this charge and been led to do what you've done because I know for me, it's been a wonderful inspiration and I, I really appreciate everything that you've, you've gone through and the trials and the tribulations and all of it. So thank you. Thank you once again for coming. Oh, thank you. Um, it was, I really enjoyed this. I like talking like this because, uh, very few people want to, or are interested in it. So it's, yeah. Uh, yeah. I I've backed into everything. I've backed into construction through spirituality. I've backed into the law through spirituality. So for me, spirituality is where my heart is. Like the, you know, that's that's the whole point of this, right? In my, in my estimation. So all the rest of it's just, you know, 
icing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So thank you again, Cal, and I look forward to talking to you soon. All right. Thanks. All right. I hope you enjoyed the BioCharisma podcast with Cal Washington. I feel blessed that I get to interview these people. Um, and Cal, I, I can tell we're going to have an ongoing dialogue with exploring these concepts. The fact that we got into the more spiritual side of things is really where my passion is. I've backed into science. I've backed into athletics. I've backed into uh, the law all, all from my spiritual path, which I, um, so I kind of feel like a, a phony in all of them <laughs> in the sense that that's not my real focus. I don't idolize any of these things that I'm into, uh, but I do, I do give glory to the creator. So um, it's, it's a really wonderful thing to go through Cal's work. He's uh, meticulous. It, I hope you were able to catch that within the podcast, how he uses his words. When you start to study the law, you will understand that your voice is an extension and it's an extension of your higher, higher being, which hopefully you've chosen that that's, you know, in, in concert with the highest, the almighty. So what you say, when you say it, how you say it, and who actually comes to you and tries to have agency over you. Um, it's good to know that no one has agency over you. And so Cal's story is one of the most empowering things that I've ever come across. And it's been wonderful fuel for continuing to pursue. Um, it's actually one of the things that brought us back to the United States to live is because within the North American continent, there is still the capacity to really pursue due process and to actually have effectiveness with notices of liabilities and um, reverse the stem of the tide of this, what appears to be this like communistic takeover of the world. And I can att personally attest living in the Indian subcontinent, living in Central America, living in Central Europe, and living in the United States, the United States by far has the highest capacity to resist these uh, these folks that are are trying to make us all digits, <laughs> make us some some uh, what is it collateral, some bioenergetic collateral for their new tokens. No, this this has to end now, and we have the chance to take a stand. So thank you for joining us. Uh, this upcoming week, we're going to have Tanya Harris. I've been promising her to you guys for a while. We're going to get into uh, actual what resonant structures are. We're going to get into her art, which is beautiful, beautiful cymatics from resonant structures. And there might even be the possibility that uh, we collaborate and we build some biodomes. And uh, that would be really exciting. So if you if you support the podcast, that'd be greatly appreciated. You can just go to topherhq.com slash biocharisma. There's also a uh, donate page there. I always appreciate donations. It uh, it does cost 
a little bit of money to produce this podcast. So if I can at least cover my costs with donations, that's wonderful. It all helps. And I will continue to endeavor to bring you a wonderful product where every minute that you listen, you're actually receiving information that will help you come up with a worldview, a cosmology that helps you, that benefits you. That's, that's my goal. So have a wonderful day and we'll see you next week. Tell